And Big B Racing, last week we had the heats of the Melbourne Cup heading towards the final this week. El Dorado absolutely flew. Racing, good speed out deep from Keep It Black in the early part. Driving through was El Dorado with Shipwreck. They hit the first turn, keeping them out was El Dorado. Zipping Maserati gets to second. Railing through now was Kelsey Bale. They chopped out Shipwreck. Deeper on the track was Aston Merritt. On the inside was Hold Me Up. Further back now to Keep It Black. And last of all was Photo Man. But have a look at El Dorado. El Dorado's way out in front. Trying hard, Kelsey Bale. But El Dorado will go for the gold. El Dorado wins it over. For Kelsey Bale and Hold Me Up has run third. Fourth in is Zipping Maserati ahead of Keep It Black. Photo Man then came Shipwreck No Luck and last in Aston Merritt. It's 29 and 35. Daryl Holmes, who trains El Dorado, joins me now. Daryl, you must have had a massive smile on your face when your dog got to the front there going past that first turn into the back. Yeah, certainly, Sean. I mean, that was um, the one question mark about the race, whether he could hold his position early and... Um he did it did it pretty comfortably actually, and because uh, uh, he does um, he does get a little bit out of whack on that turn, um, which you might notice if you watch it closely. But uh, he's a hard dog to run down. He he just seems a tough dog, and he all he wanted to do was chase. He he's humble. The, the dog he, I've had a lot of dogs. Um, he, he's up there with the most natural chases I've ever seen. Like here at home, you, you, you sometimes got to check for a heartbeat. He's that, that quiet. Um, and uh, even at the track, you know, when the stir up occurs, he has a you know has a bit of a bit of a prick up the ears and that. But he just seems to he just wants to be in it, you know, just wants to be in it. That's, that's the way he is. Has he always been like that, Daryl? Just a, a placid, laid back sort of dog? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You've had some beauties over the years. I mean, you go back through the seventies and so forth. Uh, I think Delburn Babe. Yeah, yeah, she was she was a fair dog. <laughs> fair yeah. dog. <laughs> so, we're, we're, the thing about the Delta Bay boy, she was a she was my second city winner ever. You're kidding. Um, so I was pretty pretty raw, and um, you know she won twenty city races, won one at Harold Park, won numerous at Sandown Olympic, held the track record at Olympic Park on the distance. I mean, she was a real star. She typically stays up now, carrying. You know. So, in terms of El Dorado, in comparison to some of those great greyhounds that you have trained. Daryl, uh, how does he sort of rank amongst them? Well, well Delvin Bay was a stayer, so you really can't compare him. Um, um, the only dog I'd compare him, the only other dog I would compare with him is um, Black Shiraz, who who um, didn't have a great racing career because of injury. He only had about 10 starts, and, and his last few were terrible because he's running on three leagues. And, uh, he was a great sire. Um, yeah, he's very comparable to him. You now correct me if I'm wrong. Same sort of sorry, sorry, mate. Same sort of chasing ability and, and temperament, you know. Daryl, correct me if I'm wrong, but did you you bred Tengan too, didn't you? No, no. I, she was out of she, she was out of Del, he was out of Delburn Bay, mm. and I, I didn't know in Delburn Bay. But, um, she was raced on loose by a mate of mine while we born. Ah, right um, from Paul Hogan, yeah, um, who was probably the best breeder breeder of the time, um, and probably the best trainer, just about. And so she went back there to their place after she retired, and she had the litter of the Tangaloa, which was Tangan, and um, then they gave her back to me to breed with, and I bred uh, a couple of litters out of her, and, and she threw a bitch called Nikki Ban, who was a really good bitch, and you'll find her that, that in a lot of dam lines um, in some of the good dogs running around the day, you know. Um, it's just, that just threw on, you know, quite da- unbelievable, really. 
Daryl, you mentioned Black Shiraz. There's another dog that springs to mind. You were involved with him too, uh, Big Ginger Boy. Yeah, he was Black Shiraz's brother. Um, two two different sorts of dogs. Um, Black Shiraz is obviously black, and Big Ginger Boy was a beautiful red brindle dog. He was a beautiful looking dog. Um, and he was a good dog. He, he, he was a good sire too, but they both ended up with fertility problems, so they never had a real full start career. Um, uh, but both... Big Ginger Boy threw a couple of, uh, well, he threw a Group 1 winner in Overhave, um, which Steve Shinnis trained. He had a run the other night in the Cupboards. Um, and also uh, a dog called Jimmy Neutron, which also broke down early days, but he was a, he was a massive mm. dog. Yeah. Mm. Hey, uh, Daryl, Saturday night, a great opportunity. It's a, it's a big night for the sport of greyhound racing, and you've got a Melbourne Cup runner in El Dorado. He's drawn box seven. What do you make of the box draw? Yeah, worse than ideal, obviously. Um, Paddy, Paddy wants Paddy's outside. It's not going to do me any, you know. He may be doing me a favour, but if he runs five, he'll do me a favour because he'll be out of my way. But, um, you know, you'd prefer to be drawn outside. Well, you, you wouldn't want to draw the pink in here, but you'd prefer to be outside or either, either inside or outside all the pace, you know. Mm. Um, but I think the race is wide open. I, I think the market's upside down myself. But, um Hmm. I think the race, any dog in the race can win. Where do you where do you expect to be in the run? I mean, you, you probably try and analyse what'll happen to that first turn. Yeah, I, I reckon I'm going to be about fourth for the first turn. It's whether I've got one, two, or three dogs inside me. You know? hmm. um, that's that's how I see it. Daryl, he's, he's had a couple of real good wins off the outside recently. He's learnt. He's really a rail of the dog, but he's, he's learnt. He's learnt a lot out of race, especially over his last six starts or so. Um, you know, I don't know. He like he beat he beat plenty for the Meadows off, off the pink box, and he beat he beat uh, Paddy wants Pats off the seven box at Sandown. So he's beaten them last twice he's met them. He's beat them even even though only narrowly, but he's been able to run them down. You know, but he's got he's got, he's got to be right on the backside to run them down. What have you done with him this week between the, the win the other night and the final? Do you do a lot with him? No. Nah. No, just walking. Mm. Mm-hmm. And for how long? Oh, I mean, how far each day, Dale, do you, do you go? He goes 20 minutes on a walker and then just a 15-minute stroll in the afternoon through down. We've got a bush park here, just down through the bush to the sea. And, and um, you know, he just trots along behind me. <laughs> he doesn't face <laughs> him much. Um, but he, I'm also an old style trainer. You know, I, I don't get on the dogs a lot. But, um, you know, he uh, like, generally just walk them and that way. How are you fear, feeling, Daryl? We're you know only four or five sleeps out now from the from the Melbourne Cup. How are you feeling about it? Oh, you know, good. I mean, it's it's um, it's good for the whole family. You know, everyone's up and about, and um, you know, as, as you know, we've been been in a long time, and um, I've had one other finalist before. It didn't do any good. Um, I think it was in two thousand three. Particularly, I was in, in a couple of bombastic shows done, which was by mm. was by Black Shirts. Um, yeah, no, but, I mean, we're bloody busy, mate. <laughs> to think about it. Can you believe how far the sport has come in that period of time? Since 2003, the Melbourne Cup compared to the Melbourne Cup of 2022, you mentioned that you've got camera crews going around there to do pieces on your dog, and you know the prize money is extraordinary. Can you believe how far the sport's come, especially in recent years? No, no, I can't. I mean, to give you an idea, I did win a... I think it was back in about the mid-80s, I won a Sandown Cup with a dog called Lead Roll. Mm. 
and the first price is three thousand six hundred dollars. You know, um, and I think then a, a grade five was about six hundred bucks. Um, yeah, I mean it, it's it is the prize money is really good. I think there still needs to be a little bit of work work done um, in some of the country races. It need to be elevated a bit. Um, you know, I think what they should do is sort of have a another tier in between the city and the country places like Cranbourne when they get the new track and, mm-hmm. and maybe Geelong, Ballarat, um, you know, sort of come up one rung in prize money closer to the city. You know? so, the, city the, the country tracks have got to be at least 50% of the city in my book because mm-hmm. in this day and age with the economies of it all, it's, it's hard to get a quid out of just a country dog. You know? So almost have like a country level, a provincial, I suppose, level in the city level, Daryl. Yeah, and, and they've got the tier three, which is down again. I'd still keep that, mm-hmm. but I, I just think that um, you know travel co- travel costs and etc. These days, and and, and food is um, you know has increased remarkably. So the prize money has gone up, and it has gone up more than the food has, but and the petrol, but um, it's still pretty expensive mm-hmm. to train a dog compared to what it used to be. You know? I was talking to an old mate of yours the other morning when I was out there at Sandown. We did the outside broadcast. He's, uh, is this is his 54th Melbourne Cup for Neil Brown. How many is it for you, Darrell, that you'll have seen? Well, I've, well, the first one was 64, Rocket Street. Um, I wouldn't have 58. been more than since then. Sorry? That's 58 Cups coming up. <laughs> yeah, I haven't been, wouldn't have been to all of them, but I've been to most of them. Yeah, some great dogs won the race. Yeah. What is the best Melbourne Cup winning performance you've seen? Well, one of the six in my mind wasn't perhaps the best dog of all mm. time, but um, it was a dog called Hewer, who was, he could have been wrong with here, but I think he was about 21 months of age or something. Um, and a, a, an old bloke, um, him, I call him something, an old bloke, mm. um, called Roy Sines of Benalla had him. And he was a bit like me, he'd had dogs all his life, and, and he brought this pup down and it won the cup. You know, it wasn't that it was, it was just a story that was mm. great, you know, but. Um, yeah, there hasn't been a bad dog in a Melbourne Cup. Mm. Now, Dale, you've been a breeder, you've been a trader, you've, you've been an administrator there at Sandown the whole lot. Best dog you've seen? Zoom top. Zoom top. Zoom top. Yeah. By far? Uh, yeah. I mean, you go, when you when you go through them, then you, you, you mention 10 dogs after that. Mm. You know? Yeah. So just, she, she was a... Freak. She could win 457 at Arrow Park, 700 at Arrow Park. They used to race her up the straight at Apple on the Saturday and over 350 metres and she bolted in and they put over in a 700 on the Monday night at, <laughs> at Arrow Park and she bolted in, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, she, she, you know, Odious was a great bitch. 22, 22 and a half kilos she was. Yeah, nothing of it. Um, yeah, but, um, yeah, there's been some great stayers to stayers of the past, good real stayers, you know. Um, mm. Ferris Mask and Miriam Miss and, um, you know, those sorts of dogs. Mm. Absolute stars. Daryl, what's been the best thing through your years that you've seen that you reckon's happened to the dogs? Because they've improved a lot. What's been the best thing? Um, well, obviously, the, the, the thing that's been, that, that has given them the opportunity to improve is the TAB turnover, mm. or the, the toad turnover, boogie turnover. And obviously, they went through the roof with um, COVID. Um, which has put us in the position we're in now. But um, even though a lot of us have probably uh, greater regulation um, has helped the sport, mm. I think there's you know I think some regs are a bit over the top, but 
it's hard to get the balance right all the time. Um, and like, there's a lot more, like there's obviously a lot more professional trainers now. When I first started training dogs, all the dogs were trained out of people's backyards. Um, you know, if anybody had six dogs in work, they were a major trainer. Now there's people with a hundred dogs in work. Um, you know, that's not necessarily the way I'd want to go. I've actually found the more dogs I have, the worse I go. Um, but they, they've obviously got their techniques in place. I heard David talking the other day on the radio, David Gill, about mm. you know, running his dog 600 metres behind the quad bike um, to keep him fit during the week. Um, so there's all, all different ways of, of training the dog. Mm. But these bigger trainers have obviously... Um, and it all started with Batesy. He started that um, galloping regime-type training. Um, so... Yeah, I think the regulation and the money that's going to come into it, um, you know, I'm still not sure we're well positioned to get new people into the sport because they'd see that you've got to outlay too much money to to get started. Um, but that's something they've got to work on. Do you, when you say that, do you mean new people participating as trainers or do you mean new people buying into Greyhounds as owners? Well, both. Because um, yeah. people buying into Greyhounds, you've got to have... Um, Trainers for them, and and you really got to have trainers for them that are, that that, that um, embrace the concept, the syndication. Mm-hmm. You'll find some of the big trainers, you know, not not bagging them, but they're just interested in training their dogs, and you know, um, you know, they mightn't all be good on the communication back and all that sort of stuff. Um, so that that's one aspect. Uh, as far as training goes, if you're going to go into professionally, it costs you a lot of money to set up, and I think they've got to look at. Um, like with the horses, where the the, 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 um, the regulator provides training you know, facilities, and obviously they must rent them or, or whatever. Um, but I'd imagine you can you can start being a horse trainer without even having to have your own property, um, whereas that's impossible with the dogs. And, and these days, if you're going to set up, it's got to be a fair way out of town because you won't get permit from yeah. council for dog dogs. So mm-hmm. it's very hard. You find you know. Most of the big trainers now are people that have come through, you know, because their parents have been in it all. You know, they've been in it from a very young age. Uh, you don't find, you know, I can't think of anyone that's come in training professionally now that hasn't had that sort of sort of background. You know? Well, Daryl, we wish you all the best. It'll be wonderful for you if you can uh, pull off the Melbourne Cup of the El Dorado on Saturday night. And I reckon that they'll have to widen the gates for you to get through. The smile will be that wide, I think. <laughs> no worries, Sean. Good, Good on you, Daryl. Appreciate Good your luck. time. Thanks a lot. No worries. Thank you.